G'day listeners, welcome to the Braintainment Podcast. My name's Liam O'Donnell and this show will, we hope, truly educate and entertain you with a mission to do a couple of things. Firstly, to blend the world of personal development with pop culture and making the conversation around self-improvement, philosophy, things of that nature far more sexy and more impactful for the masses. One way we do that is through these conversations, either with just myself or with some incredible people that will feature on the show from a wide variety of worlds such as neuroscience, health and fitness, philosophy, business, sports, leadership, and even the entertainment space, which will be very exciting. The second part of our mission is to raise $1 million towards brain injury recovery and brain research, which is very dear to my heart. You can hear more about that on our social channels. In recent years, I've become obsessed with the idea of learning. And not only has this had real world benefits like skill acquisition, and a far more powerful approach to life, but I've bloody loved the process. And my hope with this show is to do the same for you, to add real value, but to help you fall in love with learning again and have a lot of fun along the way. So for now, subscribe and enjoy the show. Okay, we're back on air. Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Get cozy, relax. Unless, of course, you're driving, please do stay focused while you're listening in. But today's going to be a fun one. We're joined by Tom Woods, Managing Director at Woods & Co. Recruitment Agency, an all-round legend. Woodsy, mate, there's a bit I want to get through today with you. Uh, but firstly, thanks for carving out some time and coming on the show for a chat. Perfect, mate. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to discussing all topics and, and having some fun. We're going to talk about your business, of course, Woods & Co. Um, There's a bit there I want to unpack. I want to pick your brain on on a few things there, and I think the listeners will get a lot of value from it too. I do also want to talk about your time in the nightlife scene. Um, That's ultimately ultimately where we met uh, a number of years ago. I know you've been pretty heavily involved in some of Melbourne's biggest clubs and and no doubt has some fun stories you could share. Of course, probably a few that would be better shared off air, (laughs) But but I think... Where I want to start with you, mate, and I think this will give some context as to why I wanted to, to have you on the show as a, as a guest, is around balancing ambition with play. So you and I both know um, starting and then running a business, it's fucking hard slog at the best of times, and you'd only do it if you're driven by some sort of ambition or mm-hmm. if you're mentally ill, of course, but then mm-hmm. I know you, you probably party pretty hard over the years as well and still, I'm sure, enjoy a quiet beer from time to time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, mate, uh, more than most. <laughs> that's it. So, how do you find that sweet spot then between putting in the work and, and keeping that discipline required to do all the stuff that you've got going on, uh, but then keeping that element of play in your life? You know, socialising, playing golf, uh, maybe staying out a little bit too late on occasion. How do you find that sweet spot? Yeah, sure, mate. It's, a, it's an interesting question, and it's uh, you know, it's it's a topical question, and it's something that uh, partners often ask. Uh, uh, myself, uh, business partners, and those in the uh, in the personal world, my parents, my uh, my sisters, my you know my friends, um, and so forth, and and, and uh, female counterparts. So, mate, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, everyone's heard of the uh, the theory burning the candle at both ends, and it's it's something mm. you've got to be pretty wary of. And and most recently, I've probably come pretty close close to that. Um, and you know, I think being able to analyze that situation and, and pull back when, when necessary, um, make the changes when necessary. It doesn't mean everything has to come to a, a halt. I, I don't believe in everything in moderation. I, I'm not that sort of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm in or I'm out. Um, so I just know when, 
when it's time to put the handbrake on for a little bit um, and when it's time to, to buckle down and focus and, and give it your all. I think, um, you know, most entrepreneurs, as, as people would call us, whereas I don't really see us as that, um, you know, most entrepreneurs probably have, have the capability and drive to, to push uh, in different angles and down different pathways that are all at the same time um, and, and not burn out as long as we're getting satisfaction from both areas that, that we need. So, mate, my, my, my life sort of falls away at the, the wayside of probably my health. Um, you know, I'm, I suffer from uh, high blood pressure. Um, you know, I've got right. uh, other demons that, that I battle, and, and that's probably due to, to burning the candle at both ends. But when it comes to business, um, you know, if I don't have that release, my business suffers. And vice versa, if, if I'm not successful in my business, my, my personal world suffers because I'm, you know, that topic of mental health, I'm, I'm, I'm not as positive and I'm not out there doing things that I, I like to enjoy. And I suppose it's, I don't live to work, I, I, I work to live and, and that's probably the mentality that, that I have. Mate, I, I think it's a really good approach and I like that idea of um, not sort of having one foot in, one foot out, that idea of, you know, particularly if you're going to go in and run a business and start something from scratch and do it successfully, you really can't do it half pregnant. And I, I think that's a challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs and, and look, to be honest, probably people in, in really any space is uh, often you're doing one thing but you feel like you should be doing the other. You know, you're at work and you feel like, fuck, I should be relaxing, I should be hanging out with friends and then it goes both ways. You're hanging out with friends, having a good time, you're thinking, fuck, I should be, I should be doing more and I, that – that kind of second guessing, um, I think, just creates too much of a paralysis for people. So, it, particularly in the business space, it's really tangible to, and easy to see. Um, mm. Is that kind of second guessing? Do you think people get stuck in that uh, and and kind of find themselves paralysed? Yeah, it's a, it's it is a super interesting one uh, for, for myself, and obviously, you know, we're here to talk a little bit about me. We talk all about me, but for for, for myself, it's super important to be all in. Um, the reason being is, as you've just said, I don't have the guilt and I don't have the worries that if I go out, you know, on a Thursday night and have one too many beers and, you know, stay up a little bit late. Uh, if, if I miss that morning meeting uh, at 9am with my team or, um, you know, I, I, I don't carry through with what I promised for the following day, I, I feel down on myself. And that's what gets me out of bed the next day is, you know, the commitment that I've made to my staff. The commitment that I've made to myself and the commitment that I've made to um, doing what I'm doing. So, you know, the night before, if, if I commit to, to going out and making a few blunders and a few errors and, you know, getting caught in a, in a, in a kitchen or, or a back room having a chat with someone for a little bit too long, um, you know, that's, that, 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 that was my decision and, and my team, my business, my business partners, um, you know, if that's on a Friday night and I have plans with, uh, with my, my, my partner the next day, you know, she doesn't deserve to suffer. So it is, it is my fault and my decisions and I make those decisions and I have to, I have to live with that. And, um, you know, that's what drives me to get out of bed. So, you know, it, going back to what you said, yeah, being all in is fantastic. Um, and you know, you get what you need out of every situation because of that. But back to what I said in the beginning, you've got to know when enough's enough and the handbrake needs to be pulled. And, you know, um, I, I, I noticed probably, three weeks ago that you know i was probably burning the candle at both ends a little bit too much because i'm all in in both both sides of my life um and you know there's not enough sleep getting taken place and i monitor my 
blood pressure and I monitored some other bits and pieces in my life and uh, it was decided, you know, let's have a let's start dry July early. Um, let's have a six six week break on on all all good fun activities and uh, you know your birthday good comes you, up mate. in August and 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 you can go all in again then. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Hey, uh, we're going to we're going to talk about Woods and Co. Uh, and and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Of course, you know, you get some thoughts around entrepreneurship. Um, some tips, maybe some newbies wanting to get into the into the business space. We'll talk about hiring people and and managing and and creating good culture. But let's firstly stay in the nightlife lane, and then we'll then we'll move on if that's cool. Sure. Firstly. Uh, mate, have you ever had a real job? <laughs> like I, I know since I, a quote-unquote real job, I should say. So what I mean by that is you're obviously an entrepreneur now and, and doing your thing. And um, certainly since I've known you anyway, you, you have been in that um, in that nightlife space. So I think it was, it was at Room 680 in, in Hawthorne when we yeah. first met. So, mate, give us a snapshot of, of what your adult life has looked like and, and sort of how it's unfolded to, to where you are now. But it's funny, I was having a conversation with a mate of mine I went to school with yesterday and, and uh, we were talking about uh, Year 12 and he's a, he's a, a quite uh, a renowned architect now and uh, we're having a discussion about how my dreams to be a graphic designer were always there. Mate, I couldn't even open Adobe Photoshop to save my life if, if I tried. So I don't know I don't know where that came from. I think in the early days I wanted to be a police officer as well when I was at junior school. And uh, I'm sure if I've got any friends or family listening to this, uh, I'm the furthest thing for being a copper. Um, or I'm more of a copper's nightmare, I, I would think. Um, so, yeah, mate, I, I left school, um, you know, a lot of ambition to travel. Um, you know, I've never been great at saving money. Um, I like to spend what I've got. Um, I always worked, you know, when I was at school, I always worked. I uh, worked at grilled. I uh, worked delivering uh, pharmaceuticals. Um, I wasn't a <laughs> drug dealer. I was, I was dead set working for the local pharmacy. Um, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I was dropping medication to the elderly who couldn't make it to the pharmacy on a weekly basis. Mate, I appreciate the hustle. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's where I, that's where I learned my trade. And uh, I could probably <laughs> teach a teach a few people a thing or two, but uh, we won't. As you said, some things are better left offline. Um, <laughs> in terms of yeah, you know, after school, mate. I, you know, mum and dad in the property game, and um, you know, my family and so forth. I thought you know, real estate's great. Get myself a BMW. Work in Hawthorne, big swanky office at Jealous Craig. That's me. Get the fast suit on. Go to the races. Mate, at 20 years of age, trying to sell $2 million properties in Hawthorne, I wasn't getting a look in. So um, that, that broke my spirit in sales a bit. Um, I defaulted back to Calibre and I worked uh, in retail for a little bit and then decided, you know what, time to time to travel, let's get out of here. Mate, sold, sold the BMW. Um, I didn't pay the loan off. I just put the cash in my pocket, got a $5,000 credit card and get it off. Um Love to, yeah, exactly. Love, 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 love to surf and, and whatnot. So, mate, I went, uh, I went overseas with a mate of mine. He ran out of money. Obviously, he hadn't sold his BMW. So, <laughs> we were in Europe for about three months, came back. Um, mate, we hit, we, we decided, well, he decided to come back to Australia. Um, I went to Bali, lived in Bali for six months and surfed and ate rice on the beach and cruised along oh, wow. and, um, and that's when the nightlife side of things sort of really kicked off. So I, um, I had a, a close mate of mine who owns or did own Room 680, um, there in Hawthorne and he came over for his 40th in Bali and I was skinny, tanned, um, 22 year old, I think at the time. And 
said, mate, it's probably time to come home. And I think mum and dad might have gotten his year as well. So we've always been in promotion and, and you know, getting a, you know, a little bit of a, little bit of a, a, a chop out at different nightclubs around town and uh, I didn't want to go back into that because it wasn't a real job as dad would say but uh, an opportunity to be a general manager at a venue I thought I could do everything that I've been doing except for now I could say that I, I run a hospitality venue and, and that clarified as a real job for me which you know really wasn't so um, <laughs> mate, worked, worked, worked there for some time um, enjoyed it had a, had, had a ball mate Learned some serious life lessons there, mate. I've I've shook hands with some of the worst in the underworld. I've, um, you know, I've dealt with people overdosing on drugs. I've seen people um, dealing drugs. I've dealt with people, um, you know, having relationship fallouts. I've managed a team of 100, 150 staff. You know, um, at the age of twenty two, it was all pretty full on. It probably was a little bit too much. I probably saw too much. I probably did too much. And probably didn't understand enough but um it's built me to be who i am today and lifelong friends and relationships and give gave me the drive to and the understanding how to operate and, and run a business uh to to a successful extent so i i left there and and i uh, had a partner at the time uh and she she was in the beauty game um and she wanted to open a beauty salon so we we went and did that which we ran successfully for five years albeit uh, if I can give anybody that's listening to this some advice, don't go into business with your partner. Um, we lasted three months. Um, wow. And then her, her mum had to step in and become the mediator for all our business uh, <laughs> conversations yeah, right. from, from there m- moving forward. So she she ran the business, ran the show. I sort of oversaw some things, bits and pieces, but slowly stepped away until uh, uh, we shut the doors in October 2018. Um, or 20 October, yeah, October 2019. So yeah, f- f- five years there. And, um, most, most recently, uh, I, I've opened my own recruitment agency after walking in with half a shoe, um, a shitty suit that was a little bit too tight to an interview at Smart Recruitment. And they gave me an opportunity to work there for four years, what would be seven years ago. So mate, it's been an interesting journey. I've, I have had real jobs. Uh, I've had a lot of jobs. Um, I love what I do. I love sales. I love relationships. And I think every little bit of my 20s has contributed to, to where I am now. Mate, I, I agree. Um, and uh, certainly from afar anyway, it seems that way. And just hearing a bit of your story there, I can see how that it all, that all adds up. You've always been really personable. I know networking is a massive part of the game in, in most spaces. I'm sure that served you really well. Um, just on that that time at Room Six Eighty, yeah. what goes into what does a week look like? So, what goes into managing a nightclub? It's it's pretty decorated gig from afar, anyway. But yeah, um, yeah what does sort of the day to day look like um, with doing that? And maybe what what are some of the perks and, and some of the drawbacks or challenges that come with that role? Uh, you can make of it what you want, really. It's um, it's a type of uh, opportunity or job where it can be as serious as you want, or it can be as as fun as you want and it can be as non-serious as you want and I sort of had a hybrid of, of all of those things when I first started you know um, you you do meet a lot of decorated characters as you sort of say and some interesting individuals and um, it's easy to get influenced uh, but by all means you know these guys yeah. that, that's what they do they are influenced influential people um especially those that that run nightclubs and um you know run promotional teams and um we all know that there's certain things that go go through venues like 
like those that uh, the undesirables are attracted to. So, mate, my my week was 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 pretty structured. I uh, didn't work Mondays. Um, I didn't go out Monday nights. So that was that was my my day off, which consisted of sleeping. There was no Netflix yeah. then, so I would just just sleep. Um, I woke up at midday or one o'clock every day, so you'd never catch me before before one one p.m. Um, I lived on Glenferry Road, which was which was a handy. So I I just trundle down to to the club, and by trundle I would drive every day, which was five hundred meters away. Um, I drive down, mate. With you know Tuesdays, a bit of ordering, bit of bit of stock take. You know Tuesday nights at, at there was uni night, so probably go home in the afternoon after two hours of work, come back five o'clock, rearrange the club, get set up deal with the promoters and away you go mate Tuesday nights you deal with all sorts of people um you know young kids old people um all sorts of demographics uh it was it was fun it was cheap it was cheerful little 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 to no issues issues you'd have to be little scuffles somebody's kissed so-and-so's girlfriend and whatnot and um you know you try and have a dip yourself, and and, and, <laughs> and that, that was. I remember, mate. I remember Tuesday nights. I was, <laughs> I was in there having a crack. Don't worry. Exactly, mate. That's where that's where we met. So you know, I, I, I'm my, my best friend and my now business partner at Woods and Co. Used to run the Tuesdays there and operated like a great business. And it was it was fun, mate. You know, we'd have the police come in and we'd chat to the police. They're good friends of mine, liquor licensing guys that I've I've taken away from that side of things and relationships you'd think you'd never create and have but you know um we were a community hawthorne is a community and, and it was fun um so that would then lead to wednesday which would be staying in bed um again um because i'd usually once again stay up a bit too late and probably do the wrong thing um thursdays we we had a thursday on and off so it was always a bit of a struggle thursdays was a bit of a bit of a dampener for us so you're always preparing for a Thursday night that sort of never got off the ground and you have, you know, hundred people, two hundred people through the door in a venue that fits a thousand people. So bit of a bit of a down a downer our Thursdays were for for a long time. Um and you'd be looking forward to Friday. So Friday was mate, Friday was the best. We used to have um it was event night. So mate, we'd have everything from Serbian night to um swingers nights to um hard trance nights to house nights to make ministry of sound you name it so fridays were good fun and, and the per parties were probably the best so they're the, they were the swinger parties and obviously i had the mic in the ear and uh i was the the big man on campus with all the drink cards so as you can probably imagine the girls walking around in their skimpy outfits i was the guy that they wanted to chat to so mate they were they were fun and i certainly seen some things there and uh um, and done some things there that, uh, you know, proud of, not proud of, but, or, or nor would those people be. And we don't talk too much about it, but I can tell you, mate, if you walk back in there today, I probably wouldn't sit on any of the couches. No, it's all right, mate. You're, you're networking, right? That's all you're doing. That's it, mate. Networking. And I uh, hope my now partner's not listening to this because she'll probably have some questions. But, uh, mate, um, in, in terms of, <laughs> uh, in terms of Saturdays, mate, Saturdays we ran a really hard trance night and that was pretty serious. You know, you'd have every, everybody who's anybody come through, through that venue and you could have big nights, small nights, um, and all sorts of trouble and issues and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that was the night you stayed on your toes. You know, you probably didn't have a drink. You probably, you know, you stood right. at the front door, you had extra security on, um, you do multiple laps of the venue. Um, you know, you know, the who's who of Melbourne that are trying to come down, 
um, your phone would ring, um, those sorts of things. So, and it was always an issue that you'd be following up on the Sunday with the owners of the venue and whether that be if something's happened internally or whether that be something that you've had to deal with um, your patronage or whether patrons have, have played up towards the venue. So, really interesting, mate. It was a very interesting time in my life and, you know, there's probably things that I, I can't say and, and things that I can say, but, you know, I'll never of course. take it any of it back and uh it was it was enjoyable and it was fun so what were some of the lessons then you touched on it before um spent a lot of time in that space what what are some of the lessons you took away that um that you found helpful that maybe you can apply to, to business or to life um that, that you picked up along the way yeah i learned i learned about finance um a small component i learned and understood you know um how the tax man worked um, <laughs> I yeah. learned how uh, I learned and understood, you know, how to make a profit and, and how to uh, run run staffing and manage people, um, which was which was really really good. But probably the biggest thing that I took away from it was relationships. You know, in today's day and age, and especially in Australia, business is is based around relationships. Um, Australians oh, yeah. want to do business with people they like. Um, you know talking that we've got a new sales guy that's joined joined our team recently um quite a successful successful individual and you know he's got that flight to quality mentality where you know people people don't mind paying um as long as they're dealing with somebody who's going to provide them quality um and that's a default for most people especially in today's economy with COVID-19 uh upon us or 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 Mm -hmm. happening around us I should say um you know the reality is, is that if people need something right now, they're gonna they're gonna default to the reliability. So it's it's been fantastic for us as a business to be in the position that we are in currently, um, compared to some of our competitors, as where mm. you know we we have those default relationships where people require something, they know they can default to us, they know they will get the quality, they know that they're going to get what what they need, and they know that they can come to me and they know that they can have my word and they know that um, my team are a, a reflection of, of myself and that goes back to the management piece, making sure you employ the right people and um, it's enabled us to 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 stay afloat and, and, and see some good times and make good of a, a bad bad time, I suppose. So then just on that, the idea of networking and people skills obviously goes a long way and it starts out, um, of course, you had your time in sales and then in that in that nightlife space, um, look. Admittedly, we we haven't connected too many times, but you've always seemed super genuine, mate. And and like I said, half the reason I wanted to get you on the show, um, you've always been really present. And I would I would think being a pretty prolific character in the in the nightlife space, particularly in Melbourne, you, you just meet so many people, and it'd be super easy to just not give a fuck about most of them. Um, yeah, that relationship building side of things was that a skill set that comes naturally to you, or is that something that you've kind of intentionally um, cultivated over the years. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I talk with um, I talk with my my family a lot about this, and and my my partner, and um, I, I I probably have um, that want to be liked. I have that want mm. to to make people happy. I have that want to be that class clown. I suppose that the hashtag Woodsy eras, which we didn't really right. touch on too much when I was when I was emceeing, was you know, a big part of that. I like being a, uh, uh, a a figure. I like to have, um, you know, I like to be known. I like 
I like people to have have a, a bit of knowledge in Melbourne about you know uh, who I am, and um, I like having having people, I guess, um, you know, uh, have some interest in in what I'm doing. Now that 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 being said, and but once again, I'm very open and honest and and whatnot around that. Is that a great attribute to have? Yes and no. Um, it can lead you astray a bit. You can do the wrong thing. You can, you know, you're looking for what is it like gratification or acceptance yeah. or, or whatever from from people, and that's probably not the way to live your life. And I've I've had to learn over the past three years that I don't need other people to make me happy. I can make myself happy, and um, that's the downside, I suppose, to to wanting those things and. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on that and I'm more comfortable spending time, time on my own and I'm more comfortable, you know, uh, having dinner and watching a movie rather than going out for dinner and spending money and, and, and getting on the, the piss and, mm. and doing the wrong thing. So, you know, it comes naturally, but it's probably, uh, I've had to work on trying to, to not please everyone. And that's and, interesting. Yeah not be a yes man and learn to say no. And I've got a long, 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 long way to go. I'm, I'm reading, uh, or I'm listening to a couple of audio books at the moment to try and help me with that. Um, you know, in what we do, it's so easy to be yes, 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 yes. And the problem is, is there's, you know, there's only so many hours in the week. Um, and, you know, I think I've got a list of 120 catch-ups that, uh, that that I've written down that I'd like to have with people or I've mentioned with people, whether that be going for a surf or a drink or dinner or yep. whatnot. And you can't fit it all in. And the det- you can be detrimental to yourself with wanting to please everybody because um, people can start to think, you know, you just got a bit of a joke instead of just, you know, simplifying things and saying, you know, perhaps I can't catch up with you for a couple of weeks, but I'll reach out to you when I can or, or whatnot. So there are things that I'm, I'm trying to learn. Um, you know, I like to, I like to correspond and communicate with everybody. If people take time out of their day to email me, call me, message me, sounds like I'm famous. I'm far, I'm far from it. But, uh, you know, if people take time out of their day to, to do that, and it might be a candidate, might be a client, might be a friend, might be family. Um, I like to get back to everybody. Um, some people hate it because I'll even just put an impression on one of their text messages from three or four weeks ago because I've just read it now and I want them to know that I've I've read it. Um, that can be looked upon pretty poorly, um, you know. But I like to get back to everyone. So with that, I've had to put structure into my weeks. Um, work work sort of comes first now, so um, I don't I don't distract myself with with the different forms of media for communication during the day, email, text, Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever it may be, um, so that I can give my staff the full attention that, that they require. After work, I give myself some attention, then I'll give my partner some attention, and then I'll dedicate a day or, or an afternoon where I, I get back to everyone on email or text or, or whatnot, phone calls, etc., so that I can get across to everyone. But, you know, it is a hard thing wanting to have that, you know, acceptance and people to know that you're a, go- a good guy. Um, the thing is, real- mate, like you're you're not a dick about it, and like you touched on the hashtag Woodsy there. Like, obviously, you know, creating um, that excitement and, and thriving on the attention. I think you, you know, um, were your words. So, 
I, I get it. Like I have a very similar sort of drive, I suppose. And um, I don't know if there's anything inherently bad about that. Like, like you kind of alluded to there, you do take the time to get back to people. So, you know, you're not a dick about it. And I think as soon when it transitions into a sense of arrogance and making other people feel bad, um, it potentially becomes problematic. But, um, you know, if you've got that sense of, um, wanting to be known or liked, I think if you channel it the right way, it, it kind of it can serve you, and at least that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, anyway, because I, I completely I, I feel you when you when you're sharing that. I um I connect with that really well. I get it, and I think a lot of people listening might too, particularly if that you know if they're extroverted by nature. I think the key is like, well, okay, what do you do with that? How do you channel it? How do you tickle the ego, but then also serve in some way for lack of a better term how do you add value and i think um you know you've always been able to do that which has probably ultimately opened up a few of the doors for you over the over recent years yeah a hundred percent and i think you you probably said it a lot better than i did i think i sort of said things that probably made me sound a little bit like a dickhead where i you know i wanted i want the attention or whatnot it's no mate i get it yeah it's 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 more um if i don't have um a bunch of emails or texts to get back to I, get, I, I don't, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> for me, I like to be fast paced. You know, I like to have a couple of birthdays on the weekend to go to because, you know, I don't like being stagnant. And I suppose that's why our business is moving. You know, we've, we've, we've got a team of 15 in the past 24 months that we've put on because once we get one person right, let's move on to the next. And it's probably similar with, with my life. You know, once I've, you know, had a good chat with a, a group of friends at a birthday, Let's go to the next birthday and see some more people and, and move on. And I think my dad's pretty similar in that nature. Obviously, not so much these days, but got a lot of different groups of mates and got a lot of different groups of friends. And uh, yeah, I, I like to be the same. I want to give everybody as much of me as possible. Um, and whether you know, that's, I'm sure I've got some people out there that don't don't like the me or don't want as much of me as I give them. But you know, oh, fuck them, mate. Yeah, exactly. Get <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually going to go do a mate of mine this afternoon who's been pushing me back for weeks so i'm just going to show up i think because i just want to see him so you know i write that um you know these are these are the things that 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 make me happy i suppose and it's difficult you know my partner struggles with it because you know everyone wants a certain amount of attention if you share your love again across a group of people well it's hard to give you know one person as much attention as, as they would like so Mate, that, that's what's built our business though. Um, you know, that's what's given our business legs. That's what's given our business the ability to grow such so organically and rapidly because we get across to people. We care about people. We care about people's businesses. We get to know them. We get to know who they are, what they, what they do. You know, mate, if someone turned around to me and, and said, you know, um, do you know, Liam O'Donnell, what, what does he do? I, mate, I can give them a, a full spiel on you because you know you and I have spent time communicating it and going through these things and I think that's important and I think you know if you're going to leave this planet you know some people want to leave this planet helping charities some people want to leave this planet you know with a with a, a professional footprint some people want to leave with a uh, I don't know a mindfulness footprint or whatever it might be you know I just want to get around as many people as possible and 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 hopefully I can impart some things onto people whether that be a candidate looking for a job a client a friend a family member whatever that may be but it's as selfish as it is yes I'm hopefully going to impart some of me onto them but I'm hoping to get something from those people as well because that will create 
the person I am that, you know, maybe if we get a bit deep and dark, that in 50 years' time or my blood pressure skyrockets 10 years' time, um, you know, that, that I'll, 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 I'll leave this, this planet with, um, with having touched as many people as possible in a good or a bad way um, and people have done the same for me. And I, I don't know, maybe that's my humanity outlook. I want to, you know, be a part yeah, of dude. the human I life. I love that. I fucking love that. Um, and look, in large part, it's a lot of the reason behind this podcast is to be able to connect with people. One, you know, I like to riff on ideas and share my thoughts in the hope that it adds value or entertains in some way. But um, yeah, I, more than anything, potentially is just being to have interesting conversations with people so I can learn, just um, get value from them and, and then just pass it on to the listeners, obviously. So I really like that idea of just connecting with as many people as I can. Um, I think it's just a good approach. Like it's going to open up doors for business. Um, it's going to create good friendships and relationships and you just learn heaps. And I'm all about falling in love with learning. A lot of this yeah. podcast and the stuff I do is helping people kind of fall in love with learning again, right? I want to make that idea of improvement in any capacity and it's going to be different for everyone with different interests, but I just want to make it sexy. And, you know, the idea of just connecting with people, you're going to, like you said, organically and naturally just learn shit. And I think that is a super, super interesting way to live your life. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's fun too. You know, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. me, I'm, I'm all about fun. So right. I don't want to sit still. I want to have fun. I, I've never learnt from textbooks or or whatnot. Video, I struggle with. Um, but from, from people, mate, I people can tell me something, whether it's <laughs> whether it's true, false, accurate, whatever. Mate, I'll take that. I'll take that on. I'll I'll spit I'll spit that information back out to the next person I'm talking to. <laughs> on Purple Monkey Dishwasher, we have rumors. So you know that's yeah. that, that that's that's who I am. And uh, you know, I'm sure there's, as you said, there's probably people listening to this that um, that are like that. And you know, this it's fantastic. I think the world needs more of us. The extrovert. Bloody. Bloody oath, mate. Bloody oath. Hey, um, I feel like I could riff on that for hours, but just to bring it back, I've got a couple more. Um, just on the nightlife space, I want to run by you, and then we'll then we'll talk a bit about uh, business and a few other few other things um, before we wrap up. So, firstly, mate, uh, particularly being in Melbourne, pretty competitive scene for nightlife, you know, for clubs and bars, um, seemingly endless amounts of options or places to go. Obviously, fuck all at the moment with uh, with the Rona going around, the, our friendly neighbourhood virus sweeping the world. But um, yeah. outside of that, tons of places to go. So then how do you go about getting people through the doors? And particularly, like you touched on it uh, before at, at Room 680, you had Tuesday nights and, you know, um, Fridays were big and Saturdays. So, um, yeah, how do you continually get people through the doors? Was it yourself directly or was it the team of promoters that were kind of executing those plans? And was there any particular strategies that worked um, more than others to, yeah, to get uh, people coming through? Yeah, sure. So I suppose, mate, going back to what we said, wanting to be liked and wanting people to, you know, get around me, mate, uh, I was hopeless at it. <laughs> nobody nobody was using uh, hashtag Woodsy's guest list, I'll tell you that much. Um, uh, you know, in the early days, it was it was interesting because the nightlife industry has changed a fair bit and uh, I'll probably end up sharing this podcast and I'll have a few mates that are that are pretty heavily involved and tell me that I got it all wrong and, that you know, what, what the fuck do I know? But, you know, boys... Uh, I'm the one with the mic, so give me a shot. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, uh, I used to work at Prince when I was at, between like 18 and 20 and you'd get five free cards and, and that was it. They'd pay you a retainer, show up, give your five coolest mates a, um, a free card and then hopefully, you know, that A crowd would bring the B crowd as, as what they would think, which would then bring the C crowd and you've got a full venue. So um, that, that was always the the idea. Um, that sort of moved towards realising that blokes aren't the A crowd and that, 
females of the A crowd. So girls would start to get employed on retainers to to go to venues and, and that would then attract the male um, who's, you know, ideally out there to pick up or, or, or you know, have a good time with a, with a group of girls. So um, that, that was always a, a, a way that venues would start to attract a crowd. In this day and age, it's sort of like everything. It's brand. It's, um, it's uh, you know, your marketing abilities to market yourself as a one, a brand and, and two, um, uh, I guess the, the the leadership team. So the promoters that run run these venues, um, you know, these guys are super popular people, or or just have have a good character or charisma or the ability to draw draw people in. You know, um, the guys that have been really successful, the guys that you know, if I want to go out and have a beer with, and I was going out by myself, the guys that I want to go and I know are going to give me some time a day at the bar, and I won't feel like a weirdo being out by myself, or um, vice versa. You know. Um, you know, there's, there's guys, so vice versa, but there's guys out there that, uh, you know, uh, I guess are just great at communicating with people all day, every day throughout the week and inviting them down. It might be through drink cards or, or whatnot. Um, and then I suppose there's also the musical element, you know, the people that are playing the money that they spend on their artists and, um, you know, the, the brand that goes along with the brand, you know, the, the music industry goes in and out of waves of what people are interested in. And, you know, you might be appealing to the masses. You might be appealing to, you know, uh, a tra- the trance family. You might be appealing to the Melbourne hard style or you might be the Melbourne bounce. So I think you've got to pick your niche. I think you've got to pick your your team of promoters underneath you. Um, and I think you've got to have a really good, strong brand. And once again, online marketing is so strong. It'll be really interesting to see what happens out the other side of of all of this um, when we're allowed to go back out to venues I'd be interested I'm going to be really interested to see those that have been active online um, that have followings that you know might be watching um, these live live uh, streams and and DJ sets and whatnot um, versus those clubs that have just sort of sat in the, the background and said well let's just wipe our hands of it and um, put a few statuses up and when we can reopen, we will reopen. So it's about getting a bit of a following, a bit like anything. It's a bit like, you know, watching the Kardashians on TV or watching Big Brother. You watch it because your mate watches it and he's watching it because his mate watches it and he's watching it because his girlfriend watches it and she told him that it's a good thing to watch. So, you know, it, it is it is sort of a bit like that, I think. Um, and you can be hot and you can be cold pretty quickly. So um, you've got to be able to... Uh, drive and um adapt with the times i suppose and so how important is the music and and the djs is that is that half the appeal for people as well do you think or is it is the venue like i know from my limited time in that space you know uh, some of the upcoming djs sort of the hottest thing to do for a period of time was you know it seemed everyone was becoming a dj now everyone's holding a podcast but (laughs) at that time everyone was being everyone was being a dj or wanted to be and, I, and um, my understanding was there's an opportunity for DJs to get a gig if they you know brought their friends or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, the music does that does that still draw people in? Do you think? And what does that space look like, um, particularly here in Melbourne? I guess. Yeah, I mean the DJs will tell you it's all them um, right, yeah. every, every, day, every day of the week. Um, even if they're playing, playing the open set and there's four people on the dance floor. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, mate. I know you're not supposed to be ageist, but I think it really depends on your age. I think if you're between eighteen and um, twenty-five, you know, e- even y- younger, really, eighteen to twenty-three, you know, you're fresh out of school, you're out of university, you haven't really had much exposure to venues. 
all you know about these venues are X DJ that plays at X place. So you can listen to them online. You can listen to them through different forms of, of media. Um, and your first thing is, well, I want to go to that venue because that DJ plays there and I like his music. Because you don't know the type of person that goes to that venue. Um, you don't know who they are. The other thing is, I guess, older siblings or, or friendships that you might have will influence that decision as well. So, you know, if you've got a brother that went to Prince of Wales, you'll probably go to Prince of Wales. If you've got, you know, um, a sister that liked going to Eve, you probably went to Eve. Um, you know, I'm probably talking above the generation that might be listening to this. These are venues nah, that, that don't really talking, exist. You're, you're talking to me, mate. Say the all my mates that listen yeah. to the show will um, will be fucking with this. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, boys, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, and then I suppose, mate, it, 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 as you get as you get older, um, I, I love music. Like I have music playing all the time. It's, I just love music whether it be the Eagles, whether it be fucking, you know, my mate Sparky, whether it be yeah. Trance, whether it be Timmy, you know, I like to listen to my mate stuff. I like to listen to old stuff, new stuff. It drives me. Like I could, mate, I could be as sad as shit when I wake up in the morning, but I'll put an Eagles song on like I did this morning, mm. driving along in the car, having a bit of a bob in the head and, and um, you know, enjoying myself. So, but I, if I walk into a nightclub, I couldn't give a shit what's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't dance. I don't care. Fucking who's playing? I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't it doesn't bother me. If I've got mates DJing, I'll go so I can drink their piss. But other other than that, um, I'm going because um, you know I know a bloke that's working there, or you know it's an easy option, or or I'm that spanner that's you know the only place that's going to let me in. So um, it's not it's not overly important. To me, but I think when you're younger, it, it certainly is. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Sparksy there, Will, Will Sparks. Of course, you would have seen a few guys come through the ranks that have gone on to you know do bigger and better things. The outsider just uh, playing their set at the local club. Yeah. Um, who, who are some of those names? And I'm setting you up here. I am asking you, so don't feel like a flog for name dropping. But <laughs> who, who are some of the um, I suppose the bigger DJs that you've been able to form relationships with over the years, yeah. and, and 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 also. Uh, maybe some of the people that have come into the club um, that would be, you know, quite unquote famous um, that you've got to um, meet and greet. Yeah, sure, mate. So, like, I mean, my my claim to fame is that you know the the Geordie Shaw or Jerdy Shaw or however you say it team um, from Charlotte to Gaz to Scotty to um, yeah Aaron, you name it. Um, I, I've dealt a lot with um, whether that be um, promotionally. Uh, ha- Helping run the management of, of their tours, um, or just working together on some some other bits and pieces. Um, so those guys have spent spent a bit of time with Gaz more so than others, um, and and Charlotte a, a little bit as well. Um, they're sort of I guess my claim to fame. Obviously, everyone's sort of moved on and having kids and other relationships and doing other things now. So and they live on the other side of the world. But uh, when they were here, you know, I spent a bit of time time with them, and uh, I, I've got some 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 pretty good stories. Uh, around those guys, um, obviously Sparksy, uh, he's he's a good mate of mine. Um, I don't see him as much as I should, but you know um, his manager Luke Yudorovic, who owns um, Billboard, is is one of my best mates. So, so we talk a lot about Sparksy, and he's he's been in Brisbane, but coming back um, to Melbourne hopefully um, soon, which would be nice. And then um, you know the likes of Timmy Trumpet, I've got some good stories there. Him and I. Um, knocked around a bit well before um, he he got to where he is, and um, you know those of you who don't know, he's actually a lot older than probably what you think. Um, oh. He he's he's a good guy. Obviously, the Joel Fletchers of the world, 
um, those sorts of sorts of dudes. I don't I don't spend a lot of time with these guys anymore. Obviously, we've sort of gone out our separate ways. But you know, I, I'm catching up with those who are a bit younger. I'm catching up with lockdown this afternoon at three o'clock to have a coffee. Um, you know, those sorts of guys. Obviously, made friendships with a lot of footy players. Jake Carlisle, those sorts of blokes. Space for St Kilda. Um, you know, there's DJs from overseas that I, that I've I've worked with from, you know, Tiesto all the way through to, um, you know, mine and Shane 54 and um, W&W and, um, you, you know, that sort of trance world. I've done a lot more in that space. Uh, I've, I've worked with the Wayan brothers. They were, they, they were fun. Like Damon what Wayan. What are they like? Um, the, uh, mate, it can can drink tequila and I think I can drink tequila. So, um, yeah, they they were good fun, mate. Like, hard work in terms of you know they're, they're pretty big celebrity wise like i know my era if you look back and think about scary movie and scary movie two and three and whatever else you know they're, they're pretty big actors so um you know i i never never had like that sort of uh what's it called i never really fan fangirled any of these people but you know it's when you look back on it, it's pretty impressive to have met these people mate they, they would have no fucking idea who i am but you know i'll, I'll tell all you guys that they're my best friends so um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been pretty interesting. Like, fuck, yeah. I mean, the list. Is anyone you didn't like? Is that is anyone that that caught? And I mean, suppose potentially have to be careful with you know who you say, yeah. but fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, there, is there anyone that you sort of yeah that maybe just rubbed you the wrong way for whatever reason? I've got I've got a problem where I don't um I I find it really hard to hold a grudge, and I've gone back to girlfriends because of this shit. Um, I find it hard to hold a grudge and, and dislike people. Like, I don't hate people. I don't really not like people. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably not anyone that I've been, you know, overly pissed off at directly. I hear a lot of stories from my mates now just about DJs that, you know, they fucking bitch and moan about what flight they're on and, you know, they complain about the hotel room they're staying in or they complain about the fucking three pairs of white socks not being in their rider or the fucking M&Ms haven't been separated or, you know, those, those sorts of bullshit things. I hear, I hear about that. And I form my own opinion about those people externally, but if I saw them, I, I, you know, doesn't really bother me. Um, you know, I think there's some guys, uh, similar to what I said before, you know, about me wanting to be liked. I think there's a lot of people on social media that portray a completely different image to the person they are. And um, knowing those people, I see that from a distance and go, yeah, okay, you know, that's all well and good that you're, you're saying this, but you know, I know that yesterday that's not what you were doing. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't name and shame, you know, I'm sure if they were listening, they'd probably sit there, you know, it's like I do in team yeah, meetings. Of course. Team meetings <laughs> with my staff, I address something and the staff will sit there and, and and call me afterwards and go, oh, was that about me? It's like, well, I was addressing the whole team. If you think that it's about you, then perhaps maybe that's something you're doing. So, Same thing. you know, that's, that's, that, that would be my take on people I don't like. But I don't no, really fair like enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, change lanes. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Woods & Co. What's yeah. going on there? What are, you, what are you up to? How did it all come about? Mate, so yeah, as I sort of said earlier, I um, I spent a bit of time at Smart Recruitment. Um, I learned the trade. I learned all about recruitment. I had no idea what a recruitment agency was. I'd never really been to a formal interview. Um, I went through there through a mate of mine who was working at iSelect for a one-month temp contract. I didn't understand the principles. I didn't understand professionalism. I didn't understand nine-to-five. 
if you were getting paid an hourly rate, I thought, well, if you showed up at 11 and left at three, we only get paid for 11 to three, so who's losing money? Me, not you. Right. Um, so I had a lot of issues, mate. Like I was probably close to getting sacked four or five times. Bloke that I worked with, Will McPhee, another guy, Stuart Holmes, and obviously Martin Rosenberg, who owns Smart, gave me um, rope time and time again. Mate, like I, I went on a holiday to Bali and told them the week before and said that I needed two weeks. They said I could have one week. I told them that um, it had been booked for two weeks and I would let them know if I could change it to one week. And they said, if you go for two weeks, don't come back. I said, no worries. I went for one week. I called them on the Sunday and said, oh, well, I haven't been able to change my flight. I'm stuck here for another week. I went to Singapore for a week. I came back, walked into work on the Monday and got the biggest spray of my life. Um, but, you know, once again, I'm, a, I'm an all-in person. So I... I had given them my all, you know, I was, if I was at work, I was working. If I wasn't at work, I wasn't working. And, you know, it's probably not the right way to do things, but I didn't understand. I, I genuinely didn't understand that if I wasn't getting paid a salary, so I wasn't taking annual leave or anything, I was taking just leave without pay, what that effect would have. So those guys gave me a lot of rope and a, a lot of opportunity and they taught me everything I know. And I still communicate with them uh, quite regularly. You know, some of the guys there, um, you know, are, are some of my best mates and, um, you know, we talk all the time and, um, you know, it's been, it was a fantastic journey through sales and through um, learning about candidates and resumes and different uh, platforms and CRM systems and all kinds of this world of professionalism that I didn't understand. And although um, I had to conform slightly, they were a good place for me to, to learn because they weren't your your big Hayes, Michael Page, Drake, where you got to be there at eight and work till seven and you got to wear your suit and tie and whatever. They were, you know, you could wear a shirt, no tie, jacket to a meeting, um, you know, get there at 8.30, leave at 5.30, but if you had to leave a bit after five, you could. If you, you had footy training, not that I was fucking playing footy, but, um, you know, if, uh, if, if, you know, if you rolled in a little bit late, you get a slap on the wrist, but you get away if you worked hard. So, you know, those sorts of things. And, and, and my business sprung off that because I probably, I, I went into it not knowing that I was going to be there for three years. I went into it or four years. I went into it thinking I was going to be there for a month. So um, I left and, and, you know, I probably left a little bit later than I should have because I was starting to rub people up the wrong way, um, management. And, and I'm sure if they're listening, they're probably laughing right now. You know, I've done some fucking stupid things, mate, like, yeah, throwing gas canisters at um, at work functions across across you know paddocks of of grass seems and, reasonable. Yeah, yeah, because I thought that that was the right thing to do, but it was all justified. Mate, if, we, <laughs> if we're talking, if we're talking work functions and um, acts of madness. I reckon I could go tit for tat with you. <laughs> Perfect, yeah, it's probably most people can, yeah. take off. Well, I never used to drink at work functions, so I know what I'm like. You know, but we'll have a laugh over a beer off air one time soon, mate. We'll just uh, we'll share tales, but. Um, I'm sure people can relate, having a good time and maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, burning their legacy. Fuck up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I sort of obviously um, got got prompted by a couple of my mates to, to go out and do this by myself. And, you know, they gave me the support and the encouragement that I needed, um, you know, to, to go and do that. And 
mate, it started day one, it was just me and I've got a couple of business partners that, that help us get set up and, you know, help me build websites and do things that I'm not good at. And one of the things I've learned in life, and, and my old man's been so, so good at telling me this fucking daily, um, is that, you know, surround yourself by people that are, that are good at what they do and surround yourself with people that can do the things that you can't do. So, um, you know, I had two, I've got two business partners that, that got me set up more or less because I didn't really understand the principles behind, or if I include my accountant, I should include him because Peter's, Peter's one of my best mates and has, has enabled me to do what I, I can do now. Um, and these guys got us set up and, um, you know, we started day one and I, I smashed my phone because I think I had an argument with someone. So I lost all my contacts. Um, so Marty, if you listen to this, mate, I actually didn't have any of my contacts. so couldn't chase any of your clients. Um, <laughs> but I started day one, mate, with a non-compete with um, no phone numbers. Uh, what the fuck I am I going? What the fuck am I actually doing? Sort of mentality. Interesting. In an office with accountants who were quiet, um, and I'm talking about all the kinds of shit that I was doing on the weekends. Um, and mate, <laughs> and I, they're thinking, who's this fucking lunatic? Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And mate, there was four businesses in that office when I started in 20, February 2018. It's now, okay. what is it, June 2020. It's just myself and the accountants. We take up three quarters of the office. They take up... Uh, a quarter of the office, or a little bit more. We're probably two thirds there, one, one third. We're about to move. They behave into, Yeah. Oh, mate, they love us now. You know. Okay. We've added some culture to to their 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 office. I hope, Pete, if you're listening, mate. Uh, apologies for for JT and a few of the other boys, but uh, you know we're loud, but they don't mind that. Um, you know, I think that we add we add a bit of culture to each other, but we will. We are, and and we are looking at the moment for for a space of our own, but. You know, we've grown to. We've probably had three or four staff come and go um, during during the last two and a half years. So, you know, one staff every six months, and that's just due to you know perhaps not being the right fit for them, but a good culture fit, or the or the opposite way around, perhaps being a good culture fit, but um, you know, not not the right role for them. So, um, you know, we're a team of. Um, if you look at it, we're probably a team of fifteen at the moment, but we've got some contractors and some other bits and pieces that we have so mate we've, we, we're aggressive we've grown aggressively we're going to continue to grow aggressively um you know our plan is this you know we're not going to try and take over the world but i would really like to get out there and play with the big boys one day so um how long that takes mate is is as long as i have in me i, I think and that's the best way that. to look best way to look at it um you know and it goes back to exactly what we said at the start you know I, at the moment, am really driven to, to work hard and, and get out in front of this pandemic and get out in front of our competitors and give my staff the opportunity to, to, to make some good money, to thrive. You know, I pay myself the same amount as um, our, our senior, senior leaders in the business, so I don't pay myself an exuberant salary. I don't think that it's fair that my staff should wear my costs at the moment. So we grow together. We're a team. We're united together. Um, we're going to do this together, and and that's what what it's all about. Our culture's great, mate. We roll in now in t-shirts and trackies. Um, you know, if you've got a meeting, you can go out in a, a Woods and Co t-shirt and a pair of jeans. We are who we are. We present who we are. We don't bullshit who we are. We don't put on a suit and walk into a financial uh, advisory business and pretend that you know we're from the office next door. We're Woods and Co. This is our brand. We're a cultural driven agency. We can find new culture. 
cultural fit for your business. We understand your skill set. We know what you need. We get to know our businesses that we work with and we get to understand their staffing needs, requirements, and who currently works there. And we go out there and we mimic what they, they need and take that time, stress, and pressure away from from there every day. So it's it's been a it's been a long road, you know, twelve months of, of building business, twelve months of building a team, and now we're in twelve months of of doing that all over again. So branding's really important to us at the moment. We're doing things like this and having chats with folks like you and reaching out and calling out to anyone that's listening, saying, Hey, if you're looking for a job or or you're feeling down about your current situation and get in contact because you know, we might be able to help you and, and vice versa. If you've got a business and you're looking for staff you know, we, we, we've got the ability to change change your, your workplace. We'll give you some advice for free. And that's Mate, what we're all about. Fuck, that's, that's awesome. There's so much to unpack there. Um, and that is, uh, that is really, really good stuff. So let's talk about what's going on now then, COVID-19. What are the opportunities? What are the, what are the challenges? And where do you come in? So maybe if people yeah. are out of, out, of, out of a job, um, like what, what value can you offer? And then for people that are, um, you know, in that entrepreneurial space and potentially looking to grow or need people, where where can you play a role there as well? Yeah, mate, in- interesting one. Um, <coughs> apologies. Uh, having a bit of a think about that uh, this week, I just think we've got to start looking at the future and not thinking about the now. And I think the government's doing that as well. I think the government's looking at what's happening. What are we doing now to result in the future? Um, I think people are stuck in the mind frame of what's happening now and what do I do now and how do I change my life now? I think you really need to start to have a look at um, your current situation, but how do you change your current situation to help you in the future? Because the reality is, is right now, there's not a lot of money. You know, there's not a lot of um, opportunity. There's not a lot of, um, you know, I guess, uh, ways to really change your life. Um, right now, you know, if, if you're at home and you're on job seeker, um, you know, I can tell you right now that if you're looking for a job between forty-five and sixty-five thousand dollars a year, there is opportunity out there. Why? Because everybody else that's on Job Seeker doesn't want to get paid a hundred dollars more a week to go and to work thirty-eight hours a week. They would rather just take the Job Seeker and sit at home. So, but the problem with that is, is the reality is, is that in three months' time, when that all ends, and you haven't got a job, it's still going to be hard to mm. get a job. So it's going to be a race. It's going to be a race to get what's available. Exactly. So you might be in a comfort zone now, but in three months' time, you're not going to be in a comfort zone. And as Australia knows, or, well, unprecedentedly, we had we had a really good uh, January, December last year. But December and January, mate, Australians are on holiday. That's it, mate. The Barbie's out. It's Christmas. Let, let's go. So, you know, business owners aren't going to be looking at hiring. And that's the reality. If anyone thinks that people are going to be pushing through that period, Anybody who's worked hard with their business this year is going to be having a holiday at that period of time. So um, there will be a slow, I would think, in, in hiring them. So if you're looking for a job, now is the time to get in touch with people. Um, you know, now is the opportunity um, to, to get ahead of your competitors, which are other, other candidates in the market. If you're a senior, if you're a senior person, you're going to need to be a little bit, you know, it's a different story because people are looking, people are getting made redundant. Big businesses has got freeze on hiring. Um, you're going to have to transition the industry. You're going to have to really think about your application process. Um, you know, once again, if you jump on our website, call Kiara, our our admin reception uh, there. Um, she'll be able to book you in for a time to have a chat with one of our consultants about how to get your resume up to speed or how to um, present yourself online or 
Um, how do you get noticed on the back end of Seek, but you know, by businesses that aren't advertising their jobs, those sorts of things. You know, it's um, it's it, now's the time, and, and yeah, everyone needs a bit of a break and, and whatnot. But now is the time, and I think the same as if you're on JobKeeper and and you're just on JobKeeper and you know you're not working every day. Have a think about things like you know, is this business going to get through? If it's not then you need to start to think about what your next option is. Um, and if it is, well, then hold on tight and, and have a break and, and, and get healthy and get fit and get your mind mind into the game. And, and you know, when they come back to the other side, you'll, you'll be good to go. But, that you know, we can sort of help people um, think about things, maybe maybe open their eyes up to a couple of different different things that, and opportunities that are out there. And um, the same with clients, you know, clients for us, um, we've got clients who just call us for a bit of advice and we'll give them some free advice. Should you hire now? Yeah, hire in this space. Don't hire in that space. Um, you know, you could probably get away with uh, a salary at this level. You probably get away with a salary at that level. You know? um, we're giving people advice around, you know, where they should advertise themselves before paying us a fee. Um, you know, we want to, we want to work with businesses to succeed because at the moment, the only way our business will succeed is if the economy succeeds. So um, I'm, big on, yeah, I'm big on making sure that all the other businesses come out the other side and don't have to pay us exuberant fees and whatnot now because it's so important that they're there so we have a business on the other side. If they're not there, we're not there. And I think that's that's the best way to look at it. If we're not there, the candidates aren't getting jobs. So, you know, if we're all in this together and I think we've all got to do it together and, um, you know, the the more we push as a, as a united front, um, you know, when we're allowed to get out there, obviously do things safely, social distancing, sanitizing, all that kind of stuff. As long as we do all of that, um, and we all we all work together, business should should prevail. And you know, next year, you know, should be a, a fruitful year for job hunting because it can only go up from here and it can only get better from here. Is what <laughs> I would think. Mate, I like it. I like it a lot. Got exactly what I was after from this chat, mate. It's always fun to talk with you, Woodsy. I uh, appreciate you carving out the time and coming on the podcast. You know, it's really always it's really interesting to get an insight into how you think and how you approach your work, how you approach your life. Obviously, it's always fun to have have a bit of a laugh and uh, and swap tales. So I do appreciate you coming on, mate. Just uh, just a couple more, one more before we finish up, and I'll let you go. And it's just around um, people potentially uh, applying for jobs over the next uh, next few months as they start to open up again. Just want to have some fun, fun with this and get your thoughts on a few potential uh, questions that might come up and, and what the right yeah. answers might be. Okay, so I know I know one of the common ones might be, why should we hire you? It's a multiple choice, mate, and I'd love to just get your thoughts around which way listeners should go if they're in this position. So if they're asked uh, why they should be hired, should, should they go with option A, which is I'm a ripper bloke and make for great stories at the Christmas party, or should they, or should they go for B? I'm a hard worker and I'm passionate about this well, line mate, of work. Uh, if 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 somebody came in and sat out with me and they and they answered option A, you'd be shoo in for a second round interview. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So I maybe just know your audience, right? Know know your employer it, it, and exactly, play accordingly. Exactly. I think that uh, if you can come in and you can uh, you can adapt uh, A and B together uh, in an answer. That's that's the key. If they're asked why they left their past jobs, this is the second question that might come up. Why did you leave your past job? Should they go with A, they're in pursuit of green, greener pastures and, and want to advance their career? Or should they go with B, apparently wolf whistling at the ladies in the office is inappropriate, yeah. so I was invited to leave. Uh, uh, certainly, certainly option A. 
But uh, uh, three or four months into to your job, if you're doing all right, you can certainly let us know about option B. Just so we're aware we're aware of aware of your uh, your nature, and uh, we can send you home early from the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. And then finally, mate, uh, if they're asked to share a bit about their ability to work under pressure, should they go with A, they rise to the occasion and pressure often brings out their strengths, or should they be honest and let them know that B, if work gets too hard, they generally crawl into a ball, into the fetal position and cry until it's over. It's funny you over. say that because it's an interesting one. I mean, I think you've got to answer option A, um, but, you know, uh, I also, as a manager and a um, you know, appear to a lot of my staff. If I know about option B, it makes it so much easier for me to manage them and not uh, have false expectations of of what they're going to achieve and what the outcome might be, and put them in a position where where they feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, definitely, definitely option A, but uh, option B is not 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 such a bad one like if you are that person that you know you, you need a pat in the back that's okay because there's people in the business or in most businesses that can can do that for you i like it yeah that transparency goes a long way hey like i said woodsy mate Beautiful. always good to chat appreciate you coming on and i'm sure we'll connect mate, again lovely future, and mate. uh yeah i hope that i uh, hope everyone can take something away from this and yeah uh, uh don't don't read into too much of my bullshit and as i say don't buy into the highs don't buy into the lows um, you know, we're all in this together. Beautiful. I love it, man. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, Thanks mate. Again.